Center of the sports world today, Chicago, Illinois. Things are going down really fast here. Started off, Pearl off with Justin Fields giving a press conference earlier today. A normal thing. Quarterbacks talks to the media once a week. Was uh, basically saying, I got to get back to playing like myself. It's been terrible for the first two weeks of the season. And he said he feels like he's playing like a robot. Now, why is he playing like a robot? Here's the answer. Um, You know, could be, uh, you know, uh, coaching, um, I think. But, um, you know, at the end of the day, uh, they're doing their job when they're giving me, you know, what to look at and stuff like that. But at the end of the day, I you know, can't be thinking about that when the game comes. I prepare myself throughout the week. And then when the game comes, it's, it's time to play free at that point. So um, thinking less and, you know, playing more. Feels like there was just a bit of a disconnect going on between the quarterback and the coaching staff. Yeah, I mean, definitely you see it on the field. There's obviously something is not working here. It's just you don't do that when you're a quarterback. You don't throw the coaching staff under the bus. You take blame for everything. And honestly, there's clearly a lot of blame on Justin Fields. You could say you're overcoaching him, but you could see so many plays where he drops back and he's just not he's not letting the ball go. He's just not ripping it, which could be... He's thinking too much. He's thinking too much, which is his fault, not the coaching staff's. Ah, I understand. See, I don't know if I agree with you there. I mean, listen, you there are definitely plays where he drops back, you know, five, seven steps, and there's a guy open, and he just will not throw it. Okay, that, and for sure. But that I think that's also because he is trying to process too much. It's like, whatever's going on in front of you is going to be enough. And I think it's a coach's job, especially with a young quarterback, which Justin Fields still is. This is the beginning of year three. I know you expect people to be a finished product by then, but he's telling you he it, it's getting mm. in his head. He's got to find a way to simplify it, and I think the coaches should have to help him do that. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like it's an instinctual thing where some quarterbacks just have trouble letting it, letting it go. Mm-hmm. And I think, by the way, when he said, uh, I want to play looser, he's just got to throw the ball more. He just holds on to it way too long. Throw it away, I don't care. Just don't stand back there and just be a target. Uh, I think that they should... You know, I think what you're getting is simplify the offense, let him play what what he's comfortable in. I always wonder when I'm watching football, Maggie, yeah. quarterbacks look amazing in the two minute drill. A lot of them, and why don't they just run the two minute drill? Make the whole plane the out of the black box. <laughs> <Yeah, right. laughs> you know, run yes. the two minute drill all the time because I think the quarterback can't think in that situation. He's just got to react and go, and that's how I, I am as a an athlete, as a basketball player. When uh, when I'm not, shoot. yeah, when you're not in your own head, you're much better. I do think they need to speed things up and just say, dude, just let it go. Just play like you did at Ohio State. To give a little more context to what Proff is talking about, 55 sacks Justin Fields took last year. That was the most in the NFL. Has already taken 10 sacks. So in terms of hanging Oof. on to the ball, it, and by the way, just like taking that kind of punishment yeah. on your body. So Fields, you know, is getting some backlash about that, and you know, presumably, you know, calling out the coaching staff. So moments ago, he clarified what he was talking about. You guys' jobs are to get clicked, so it's like. When you take my quote out of context, when, when you just say that, if you paint the picture on the inside out, like, y'all are trying to split it, split us up as a team. I'm not blaming anything on the coaches. I'm never going to blame anything on the coaches, never going to blame anything on my teammates. I will take every, whatever happens in the game, I will take all the blame. I don't care. It's a drop pass. It should have been a pass. Put it on me. Okay. So finding conveniently the media, great person, you know, boogeyman, us, the media, you can just go ahead and blame us. I don't think that necessarily the media was, listen, no one wants their uh, quotes taken out of context, but, and I get the frustration of that for sure. However, I don't know if the quotes materially changed what he was saying. (laughs) We listened to the whole press conference. It was 11 minutes long. It was, 
ex- it kind of was boiled down to that one quote of feeling robotic and feeling like the coaches were making him robotic. But there was a caveat. He did say, I talked to the coaches and they agreed with me. And then sure. the co- coaches came out and said, yeah, we talked to Justin. He wants to play looser. We agree. That's what we want him to do. So it wasn't, there was, I do think people, including myself and you, were maybe overemphasizing the friction between Fields and the coaching staff. Because I think they all agree what's happening here is not working. Right. We got to get, but maybe Justin, the way he phrased it, I think was wrong the first time. And that's why he's going the exact opposite here. But that being said, none of this is going to matter, Maggie. If they don't win football games, that's yeah. how it works in this game. If, you, if you're if you 1-5 then there's going to be nothing but criticism. That's well, the bottom line. Not just that, but now you're thinking about what's the future going to hold. And I know we're super early into the season, but now they play the Chiefs this weekend. That's not going to be easy on the road in Arrowhead, one of the toughest places to play. And this is a coaching staff that probably is feeling the heat and a front office that's probably feeling the heat. It's not just Justin Fields. It's a bad football team. So everyone might be in a little CYA mode. Everyone might be in a little, okay, what's going to be next for me? I don't want to see my career get flushed down the toilet because we're all in a bad situation here. And I can understand this is what happens when teams lose. People start looking out for themselves. I don't know if that's necessarily what's going on, but we're starting to see it. Yeah, no, it's it's not good. Their left tackle got hurt today, too. Um, we'll get into it later, but there's some some controversy around their defensive coordinator. Yeah, hasn't just, been with the team for a week, and yeah. there is a report out there from John Z Sports. Again, we don't know who John Z Sports is, uh, but he is alleging that Hallis Hall was raided this morning by FBI agents. So we don't know what they're looking for. We don't even know if that's true. Yeah, that's it, out there. I mean, it's two weeks, so you really can't judge anything, but it feels like the wheels are coming off in Chicago uh, if everybody's going to go to their corners and try and survive this, like say the coaching staff blames it all on Fields, Fields blames it all on the coaching staff, the GM blames it all on the coach. Right. That's this is what happens. That's what happens with bad teams. Honestly, I don't think anyone's going to buy any of it because the Bears. It's been a long time since they were good. Yep. You know, we don't we don't believe in Eberflus. I'm just going to say that. I mean, he hasn't proven anything as a head coach. We don't believe it's just Justin Fields in the NFL. He's a great runner, but he hasn't won any games. And we really don't believe in the GM either. You said it. It's a, not a great team anywhere. Their defense isn't scaring anyone. No, and you got this sort of great opportunity right now with Rodgers out. You know, I, I think that, mm. you know, Rodgers has always owned the Bears and the Packers have always owned the Bears. But now you get like this little shift here. You get a little reprieve. Now could have been the moment to kind of strike and they can't really take advantage of that, uh, which is a bummer. So we'll see. Uh, We'll keep an eye on what's going on with everything in Chicago. But let's get to our Daily Dion. Hit it, Manny. Daily. Do you believe in that? Dion. You believe in that? The appetite for all things Dion Sanders still voracious. So what do we do? Perloff, we give the people what they want. That is the Daily Dion. Today we bring you a clip. It's from Sunday where Dion took his sons to the Broncos commanders game. They're in a luxury box or suite or whatever. And Dion says Shiloh and Shador. Well, not so sure they're going to be entering the NFL next year. We kind of got into it. Oh, wow, Shador, look, this is, you're going to be in the NFL next year. I didn't know he ain't. I didn't say you. I said we got to play them next year. Play who? So what you, what you trying to say? What you trying to say? What you trying to say? But y'all ain't going to win. Yeah, and I would understand why Dion does not want them to go anywhere. Hell, I mean, this Colorado story, Perloff, you've said it many times. 
it's a great story, and I think Dion is a good coach. Clearly, he's a good coach, but having Shador there, who looks like a first-round pick, definitely helps your uh, ease you in to the Big 12. Yeah, I mean... Pac-12, pardon me. I think think NIL changes the the whole equation here because you can make Colorado this high-profile team and get Shador tons of money. He's already making tons of money. I don't know for sure. By the way, it's three games in. We don't know for sure that Shador is going to get top five money. And what do you get if, say, say he fell to 20th? Yeah. That's not that much money. I mean, he could make more in his first year, his senior year at Colorado than he could his first year with the, I don't know, the Broncos, whoever. Well, I saw an article that Shador right now is listed as uh, said to have made $5.1 million. I don't know what it's slotted. If you t- are taking 20th in the draft, I guarantee you it is more than $5 million. It's uh, uh, the first, the top five picks, you're getting 20 million guaranteed right off the jump. Yeah, but over how many years? So, what do you think, Mac no, Jones? But you makes? get you get twenty million if you're a top five pick. You get twenty right. million up front, and then your cap hit number is small. That's why it's an advantage to teams to try to build around a young quarterback. But, but you I, get a lot of money up front. Yeah, but aren't you making about thirty million over your first four or five years? Yeah, you're not so, making that at Colorado. Yes, you totally are. You just He's said making he made. five million. Right, so thirty million over five years is six million a year. He's going to double whatever. next year, If he comes back next year, he's going to double whatever he's making See, now. See, you, you say that. I don't know if it's getting to $10 million. I think at least. Colorado said they were they didn't. When they hired Deion Sanders, they didn't even have enough money to pay Deion. <laughs> yeah, things have changed over the past three weeks. No, though. I no, get no, it. But, but I, like, who's paying him? The Rock? Like, who's giving him all this NIL money? Wu-Tang? You got to remember, he's got this huge media machine around him. Like, the media just can't get enough Colorado and they're going to prop them up so much in the offseason with the whole offseason they didn't even know this was coming I think you think this is going to pull the boosters out of the woodwork? Or? No, I just think, no, I think it's the marketers. I think, like, he's, he he's going to get national ads. the sunglasses in a week. Yeah, I think, I, I don't even think it has anything to do with the boosters. I think this that would be Dion. genuine yeah. marketing. I think there's going to be a lot of marketing opportunities. So, Mac Jones, who is a 14 pick, makes 3.8 average salary per year. So, you could make that. No, but how much did he get up front? Well, even so, he got $15 million up front, yeah. but he's, he's under contract <laughs> for four years. Okay, I get what you're saying, how the money might be a little bit even, but I'd love it if someone would give me $15 million right off the top. Right, right. But you can't, the thing is, you can't get any more guaranteed money until the end of your rookie contract. Yeah. So you're only making $4 million a year. I know, but Shador can't stay in college forever. So, yes, he, I guess there's a question about his next, but if he, he gets $10 million to stay at Colorado with his dad, that's probably more tempting than making $5 million per year at a you know, a questionable team in the NFL. Yeah, but you get a, a, a late hit by Henry Blackburn, and then all of a sudden you're not a first-round pick anymore. And then what do you, what's going on? Yes, Amter? Well, I was just going to say, like, he's going to, I mean, as long as he continues on this trajectory, he's going to get that money at some point. So why not just stay in college with his dad to what Perloff is saying? Plus, obviously, his family's not, you know, hard for money. So it's not ah, like they're, they're dying too. to, like, get to this to the NFL, they're making good money in the in college. Dion has a plethora of money, and he's going to probably get the money anyway. But here's my question, though: Is Dion telling them not to go to the NFL as a coach or as their dad? Oh, great question! Right? Like, Definitely. Is he saying like I need to keep them here for Colorado, or do I need to keep them here because they're I think as, a, as their dad, they're not ready? One thousand percent as the coach. Yeah, they look pretty ready. I mean, well, Shiloh, I mean, Shiloh's the leading tackler on Colorado, but the defense in Colorado is not that amazing. But he still looks like he could play on the professional level. Shador may have a shot. Let's see what happens against Oregon. I think well, against I mean, Oregon and USC, that will tell us a lot. Well, yeah, USC's I know. defense isn't great. Three anyway. FBS games. Three. 
FBS games. I don't think, first of all, the whole quarterback class, I think we're saying a bunch of ridiculous things that are, we're, I think the whole quarterback class is going to change in the next year. I mean, the next six months. We're going to see Caleb is one. Then Drake Bank could be two. He could be 20. We have no idea right well, now. Well, remember uh, Sean, um, Sean King. Sean King, thank you, joined us yesterday. He thinks that Shador is battling Drake May right now for second. Yeah, I mean, and, it could be. But then again, it could be neither of them. It could be com- someone completely different. It could different. be Michael Penix. Then I hope that Shador goes number two because that means Perloff is driving somewhere. <laughs> oh, well, true. no, but it's going <laughs> to be uh, the show driving bet. somewhere. It's going to be the – I'm more worried about the Cardinals going one and two and taking Caleb and Marvin Harrison well, Jr. Right then now, I'm out of luck. there are four teams that are 0-2, and, and all four of those picks are owned by two teams. The Cardinals yeah. own theirs and yep. the Texans, and the Bears own theirs and the, and the Panthers. So at the, at the end of the day, the top four picks could be two teams picking four players. It's like uh, Houston, Chicago, Houston, Chicago. <laughs> That could be the way it ends up. But but did anyone see Anthony Richardson going four at this point last year? Definitely not. Definitely so not. there could be an Anthony Richardson. Um, I'm hoping. So the bet is that I got to go Caleb one, Drake May two. Yep. And if that doesn't happen, you have to drive to the whoever gets picked lo- lower. You have to drive to wherever they get And, and I don't think it has to be Caleb mm. one, Drake May two. It just has to be those two, one and one two. And two. Yeah. I think I should be able to pick either city one and two. So if Caleb goes no, because one, now the Jets might be in play. <laughs> that's well, no, they already won. The Arizona's not beating one win. No, that's true. The they, Jets they, are not in play. The Cardinals have been close twice, unless they're getting directives from above to just like, hey, blow this game. They almost won two games. They've been competitive in their games. Yeah, I mean, you know the meme going around that Jonathan Gannon got past a note at halftime with two <laughs> words on it: Caleb Williams <laughs> explaining the game, explaining the game plan for the second half against the or Giants. Or just like you look up at the owner's box and he give, he's giving you the throat slash like at halftime. <laughs> uh oh. Listen, there were curious Better things that backups. happened on Sunday. Not to. Go conspiracy theory, but Sean McVay making sure the Rams covered and the Cardinals losing those games both were fishy. That's yeah. all I will say. And then Sean McVay being like, I don't know about any of that stuff. Although yeah, I believe him, yeah. You know, uh, what I used to work with Bart Scott, he said he never knew what the point spread was, and nah. I believed him. And Sean McVay is sitting 20 hours a day in the tape room. I mean, that dude, that's no joke. He is as intense as they get. Yeah, so. but I think coaches want to know if they're favored. They know that they know when they're favored or not, but by how much? Maybe. I don't know. They're pretty uh clueless about that kind of stuff. I think anyone in the NFL, players or coaches who are not aware of the lines in today's sporting world with gambling being legal everywhere, like you can't, you're just hitting the face with it all the time. You can't not know. You can't, like I don't go to a a gambling website anywhere and I know the lines on half the games that are out there already. I know. You consume a lot of sports talk radio though. (laughs) Maybe more than the average person. This is true. The average listener is on for 11 minutes. You (laughs) sit here for the whole entire show. Uh, Okay. Yeah, we only listen to five minutes. (laughs) Thank you. You are one of those 11 minute listeners. Um, Okay, we told you before, John Z Sports in Chicago was reporting that the FBI had raided Hallis Hall this morning, and they had raided the home of defensive coordinator of the Bears, Allen Williams, uh, after week one. Their week one loss, and Williams had been away from the team. Okay, so now Ian Rappaport. This is someone we do know, someone with a little bit um, more of a profile than John Z Sports, no disrespect. Update on the Bears defensive coordinator, Allen Williams. He resigned this morning. So there's definitely smoke here. Definitely smoke. Still can't get a anyone else to confirm whether or not Hallis Hall was raided. Wow. I mean, does this impact the team? First of all, they're 0-2, so it probably can't get any worse. But, like, well, does this really impact stunk. Justin Fields? No, but it is, like, chaos, you know. Uh, their defense has been average. I mean, the Bucks 
The Bucks scored 20 offensive points. And obviously, that pick it was 27-17. But Eberflus is a defensive guy. Yeah, so you'd true. think he would be able to do it. But it sure feels like this is the end is coming soon for this entire coaching regime. Yep. You know, regardless of and whatever who knows happened. what this is. I mean. Yeah, I mean, you go to some dark places when you're thinking about these rumors. Yeah, why the FBI would get involved. Right. Yeah. Um, if that indeed is true, by the way, I want to couch everything because uh, we're just not sure. But as we get details, we'll bring them to you. Uh, okay. So that happened. Dion happened. Do you want to put that up as a poll, Samter? Is Dion telling Shiloh and Shador not to go to the NFL? Is he saying that as a coach or as a father? You can go to at Maggie and Pearl on Twitter. YouTube.com slash CBS Sports Radio is where you can watch the show and say hello to the Weedos. And of course, the absolutely free Odyssey app. It's crystal clear. You can download it. Sirius XM channel 158 as well. Coming up, we've got a question for big time college football programs. We're going to answer it too. Don't move. Maggie and Pearl off CBS Sports Radio. This portion of the show is sponsored by the United States Postal Service. Introducing USPS Ground Advantage. Reliable and affordable. Two to five day package shipping. The United States Postal Service. All right. It is Wednesday between week two and week three. And there is no movement whatsoever for the New York Jets to sign a veteran backup quarterback, Maggie. No, I'm shocked. It's shocking. I'm so surprised. Yeah. Is it because they're waiting for somebody? Hmm. Is there... Or say Zach Wilson loses to Bill Belichick and the Patriots this weekend. Yeah, which, Very easy to imagine that scenario. Yeah, considering Belichick has owned the Jets. Yeah, so if that's the case, are they maybe waiting for a team to realize we can trade our veteran quarterback and then go that direction? Or are all the reports that they want to sign a Chad Henney, a veteran backup who knows the system, true? I think there is no way there is a good quarterback a good starting quarterback from another team coming to New York. I don't think Kirk Cousins is coming. I don't think Jameis Winston is coming. I don't think they're going to trade any real resources because whoever takes this job is just waiting for Aaron Rodgers to take it back. And if you fall to one and two, no one's coming in and learning the system fast enough to save this team. I I don't see any scenario where they're like, oh, let's get a veteran quarterback who's going to save the day and get to the playoffs. It's not going to happen. I think Cousins could definitely happen because think about it. He doesn't have to worry about what happens when Rodgers comes back because he'll be a free agent at the end of the year. So if anything, he could use this potentially to springboard himself to the next big contract but he's going to get. Why would, why would the Jets give up a high draft pick for a guy who's gone? Well, I don't know if it's going to be a high draft pick, but here's the thing. If the Vikings, who are 0-2 right now, face right. the 0-2 Los Angeles Chargers this weekend. Now, mm. they have this game at home on Sunday. But if you go to 0-3, I know it's a 17-game schedule now, so there's a little more wiggle room for a bad start. But it's looking pretty bleak at 0-3. So you lose that game, you you might think to yourself, listen, we can let Kirk Cousins walk for nothing at the end of the year, or we can get a jump on this thing and we can trade him and get an asset back. I don't know how high the draft pick is. I don't know if the Jets are motivated to trade a high pick, but the odds that Zach Wilson struggles against Bill Belichick's defense are like close to 100%. Right. Belichick has been able to confuse lots of Jets quarterbacks, Sam Darnold, and now Zach Wilson. It's been bad showings. Last year, they lost uh, on a bizarre special teams situation. Uh, they lost on like a walk-off punt return, I believe, in Foxborough. But Zach's not going to look any better after this. Honestly, if I don't know why. They'd be one and two of the Jets. Kirk Cousins has 
a 200% better chance of making the playoffs with an 0-3 Vikings team. The 0-3 Vikings, they're in a division where they, they could be one game out of first place at 0-3. There's nobody in this division. Detroit is the one team that has to run away with it. And we don't we don't know about Detroit. Obviously, yeah, Green Bay's one and one. And the thing about Green Bay is everybody's hurt. Yeah, Bakhtiari's not going to play most of the season. That seems very clear. Their Jenkins. left tackle. Yep. Jenkins is hurt. Aaron Jones is hurt. Uh, so I, I'm not worried about them. Chicago's a mess. So I think Minnesota has not played a division game yet. I don't think Minnesota's going to give up on Kirk Cousins. The other thing is, how do we know Kirk Cousins would be any good whatsoever with the Jets? He doesn't, he's never played for Nathaniel Hackett. He won't have Justin Jefferson. He won't be playing indoors. All the advantages of Minnesota are gone. Okay, but we're talking about degrees here. Does he have to be great, or does he have to be better than Zach Wilson? I feel like the Jets, I, I think it'd be really hard for him, him to even be medium good there because he's not going to know the system. He's not going to know where to go with the ball. I, I think it'd be a real tough situation. He's playing. Also, you're leaving the NFC North for the AFC East with Miami and New England and the Buffalo Bills. That'd be a, a strange move, in my opinion. If, if he had a choice, I would just stay, fight it out in the NFC North. Yeah, I I don't know. You might want the challenge. You might still feel like this is a really good team. And again, like maybe the Jets keep up in the ante. To say they can't learn the system, I, I never really believe that. I watched Baker Mayfield learn plays on the flight from Carolina to the Rams and beat Stu's Raiders. Like, I, I think you can learn enough. I think you can learn 15 plays okay. in a week. All right, let's look at the, the Jets' schedule. If Zach Wilson wins this week, then Zach Wilson is a starter, and that's right. fine. But if he loses, they're one and two. Then they have Kansas City. They're not winning that game. They're one and three. So Kirk Cousins has a one and three Jets team at Denver, Eagles, at Giants. Like Cousins is not going to be able to win these games with the Jets. He okay. might win a couple of them, but what's what's the high end here? They're going to be one and four by the time he steps into the lineup. Okay, what are the Vikings going to be? I mean, they're losing to bad teams. They lost to your Eagles, who's a good team, but they lost to Tampa in, in the a opener. weird game. Yeah, that was odd. Okay, they play the Chargers, desperate Chargers team. They could win that game. Then at Carolina, it might be easy, but then they play Kansas City. And then Chicago, but then they play San Francisco. Wow. And then you get a divisional game in Green Bay, which you never can. Wait, wait, wait. Those are always tough. Okay, if they're at both bad. My point is the, the Jets are going to give up a, a high draft pick to go, what, 7 and 10 with Kirk Cousins, who's gone after. It just doesn't, the timing doesn't all work out for me at all. But for Minnesota, you might be able to get an asset. And like how, but how high, what, what draft pick? I, I, don't, I don't know. Paint a scenario. There's no way. They're not going to give up on the season. There's no reason to for a fifth round pick. Why would they do that? Well, maybe you can get a little higher than a fifth. Maybe you can get a late third or something like that. They're not going to give up a late third for Kirk Cousins. I just don't think. I mean, if you were the Vikings, would you do that? What What would be the point? Well, if I keep losing, see, that's the scenario. I'm not saying I'm doing it today, but if I lose to the Chargers and now I'm 0-3 and say I do, then I go to Carolina, okay, maybe you get a soft landing there, but then I play the Chiefs. Like, where's my season going? And I need to try, you know, I'm trying to get as much capital as I possibly can because I'm basically in a rebuild mode. Yeah, but as a third-round pick worth – you know, I mean, they have to sell tickets and things for a third-round pick. What are they going to do with a third-round pick? That's you not think even. Kirk a... Cousins is the reason they're selling tickets. Yeah, Justin I mean, I Jefferson think... is the reason they're selling tickets. And by the way, they've got to figure out what they're doing beyond this because Jefferson is amazing. You got to understand, like, who's going to be throwing passes to him in the future? I think is a big question for Minnesota because it's not going to be Cousins. I don't. I mean, listen. Even if they're bad, Cousins is having a crazy season. I mean, he's his stats are. Bananas. They're right always now. good. Yeah, I that's mean, not what it's about. He has six touchdowns, one pick, seven hundred eight yards. I saw a stat. He, if he keeps his pace up through two games, he'll break every NFL record this year. I know. What does that mean? Absolutely, well, saying, jack like, squat. But he you can't might as well. Win a it's playoff a, game. That's it's, the problem. It's a lot better than throwing Kellen Mond out there. <laughs> yeah. Know. By the way, then why is he the answer to the Jets? Well, 
better defense than Minnesota. I got yeah. that for you. I, um, it's, I just don't think it really works out. Why not go to Carson Wentz? Why just bring in somebody? At least there's upside there. I feel like you have become the new Carson Wentz PR propaganda arm. I mean, if you gave me a choice between giving up a second-round pick to go 7-10 and 10 with, with Kirk Cousins or just sign Carson Wentz for free, I would do Carson Wentz every time. Uh, here was Boomer Esiason, Manny. Can we hear Boomer, our pal, uh, our colleague, down the hall right there at WFAN, on with Boomer and Geo this morning, talking about Wentz to the Jets. Most guys thought that Carson Wentz would be the answer because you wouldn't have to give up anything. And I know that Carson Wentz has a perception about him, but, you know, Frank Reich did not want to cut Carson Wentz in Indianapolis. He didn't. The owner did because the owner overreacted to two losses at the end of the season. Yeah, I get that. And Jim Irsay is a total wild card. I get it. But this was also Philadelphia that gave up on him. And it's also Washington that gave up on him. So it's like there's a well, reason Carson mm, Wentz isn't on a team. Well, Washington's a disaster. I, that Last year was a mess with Carson Wentz. So I don't blame them. I think, honestly, he's talking about the loss. I think the whole vaccine mess in India, him not being available, rubbed the owner the wrong way. Still, we're talking about a backup job. We're not talking about, I'm going to build a franchise around Carson Wentz. Might as well bring him in for free okay, compared to Kirk question. Cousins. Then why isn't he in there? I don't know. Okay. Because so, I, I know, I think the Jets, I think Joe Douglas drafted Zach Wilson and he wants to make it work. Okay, so maybe a little ego there that he just wants to show, hey, we can, we're going to look like we're putting all of our weight behind Zach Wilson. Well, also, I think that they, for better or worse, have some hope that Zach Wilson can be kind of good. I, I think they have that. I know you're looking, you looked at me like I was nuts. I think. Well, you I know, mean, I've watched. I'm watching him play. Was he? Listen, th- he beat my team. But by the way, was he terrible in the second half against the Bills or the first half against the Cowboys? He wasn't terrible. Terrible. He was yeah, bad. But it's still that whole thing that they're winning in spite of him. They're not winning because of him. That's for well, sure. Yeah, but I just think it wasn't as big a disaster against the Cowboys as it was last year. I mean, he threw some late picks, but I, I didn't think it was that terrible in the first half against Dallas. They were in the game. Um. We have some updates for you on the Chicago Bears situation. Would you like to hear them? Are you asking me or the audience? Uh, everybody. Would we all like to hear them? No. Manny, again, uh, with the thumbs up on a radio show. Is this an answer? Can we say, no, we don't want to hear them? We all thought you were being rhetorical there, yeah, Manny, but please, go ahead. Okay. What do you got? Anyway, okay. So how this day started for the Bears was actually with Justin Fields Um, appearing to be critical of the coaching staff in a press conference. He has since walked those comments back. While all of that is happening, there was a secondary news story that was breaking about the Chicago Bears defensive coordinator, Alan Williams, who resigned from the team this morning. There has been some reports that the FBI raided his home after week one, their loss in week one. Uh, Apparently, the reports that Hallis Hall was raided by police Those are false. According to Courtney Cronin, a team spokesman addressed the rumors regarding Hallis Hall being raided today as false. We're told that the police have not been to Hallis Hall in connection with Alan Williams. So there you go. Here's from Adam Schefter. Uh, Well, he basically says, uh, you know, a statement from Alan Williams, just that he's taking a step back to take care of his health and his family. And he appreciates the opportunity to work for the Bears. Um... He said, I plan to come back and coach again, but we're not sure why the FBI was at his home, allegedly, and why he had to resign today. So there you go. Well, right, we don't know if the... But no no FBI at Hallis Hall. 
That report right. was not true. And we don't really, there's, has there been, there's been really no confirmation the FBI was at his home either? Or what? Uh, yeah, you're right about that. No, there is not. But he resigned today. Actually, I got to be honest. I, did, I don't know much about this guy because I always thought Eberflus ran the defense. Like, well, what, why are you hiring a Matt Eberflus if he, he's not running this defense? You know, I know, but there still is going to be a defensive coordinator. It might be a name only, but. Well, no, but there's some, some head coaches are offensive, don't have a coordinator, right? I feel like they usually name someone. Yeah, though. kind of like Reed would be enemy. Yeah, exactly. Even if they're, you know. Just so again, sort of in name only. Yeah. So there you go. So we're still waiting to hear about any details that might come out from Chicago. Busy day. Hey, Marco. Busy one for you today. Yeah. Chicago's keeping me on my toes here. <laughs> Look at that. And no, I was looking. I can't substantiate any of the FBI stuff. I, I, I've seen those reports. Yeah. Same thing you guys were talking about. Nothing concrete from any of the more credible yeah. uh, places, if you will. I'll tell you what. That would be a hell of a rumor. Yeah. I'll be fair. The part of it that I did find that is credible that I didn't know, Peanut Tillman's in the FBI. Who knew that? I know. That's well done. <laughs> I didn't know that. There's missed that one right over my head. 150 stories about that. I missed them all. But I wasn't sure if Peanut Tillman's in the FBI. Like, you know how Shaquille O'Neal is like a... Yeah, he's a sheriff. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. No, yeah. no, no. Pe- like, Sha- like, Shaq's like a cop. Peanut's allowed to do press, by the way, and you're not allowed to ask him about the FBI. He does, like, football analysis, and yeah, you right. can't ask him an FBI question. Like, he says... His people tell you that in advance. Wow. So it's like in it's like uh, hiding in plain sight. Like he is an FBI agent, but you can't ask him anything about it. Do you think they're really putting him on like big cases? Oh, yeah. He does like cartels and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, that's what I was looking at. Yeah. yeah. No, he's, yeah. Okay, he's, but legit. He's, he's a full-time FBI agent. Yeah. Okay, I get that. But I thought being part of like FBI or CIA is like you wouldn't be instantly recognizable. So like what if you're down to the cartels and like someone happens to be a Bears fan? It's like, hey, Peanut Tillman, <laughs> what are you doing here in my... Backyard. This is so random. It's like you're under arrest. <laughs> Don't you have to like kind of move in the shadows? Be when undercover you're... is the word that you're perhaps oh. looking Thank for. Thank you. Undercover. Um, Thank you, Manny. I'm no. almost positive he works uh, in an office. <laughs> yeah. Right. Right. He's not like out <laughs> yeah. in the. No, field. I don't think he's undercover. He also, by the way, okay. I have to confirm this. He's got another really weird thing going on in his life. Not weird. Oh. He is. What do you got? Okay. Van for a second. He's doing this thing with a boat. <laughs> Where I, I think say, it's like he's also an archer. Like, is there anything else? <laughs> any other talent? He is. He's, uh, he's a poet laureate. He <laughs> rode across Lake Michigan, sixty-five miles, I think, for charity. Um, he said, "Road, road," and it's like this crazy accomplishment. He did this last year. He's an incredible human being. How does he have enough he hours rode in the, the boat, day? Which he built. He also built himself across the lake to raise money <laughs> for childhood cancer research. Good for him. Yeah, he uh, he's an amazing guy. <laughs> he's unbelievable. He's probably the coolest athlete that ever He's was. He's like a renaissance man. And he also invented that thing where you punch the ball out. That's Peanut Tillman's Oh, move, yeah. The Peanut Punch. How are there not, like, War and Peace books written about Peanut Tillman? I mean, how much... He's not, er, he can't go on the every record. Every book agent in the world has, has asked Peanut to write about the FBI. No one... He won't do it. Well, he's still I'm active intrigued. duty. He can't do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't think even actually after he retires, I'm not sure you're allowed to write about the FBI. Maybe you could. I'm sure there had to be FBI agents who have written about their life. CIA said, agents, for sure. We have not gotten any confirmation that Peanut Tillman has anything to do with this no, case at all. No, it was just, life. it was in the rumors yeah. of... That he gave he them a tipped, heads up. Yeah, he tipped off the... Again, these are all rumors that are unsubstantiated yeah. of him being part of the FBI to tell the Bears, and that was part of the, the stories that you see that it was raided, that his house was raided, but again, not substantiated. We don't know. These are rumors. Yeah. We have no idea. It would be amazing, though, that a Bears legend 
And if something is going down with the FBI, that somehow he wouldn't know. I'd be, he'd probably be the worst FBI agent ever, and I don't think that's possible. He'd be yeah. terrible at it. It'd be like if I was an FBI agent, something was going on at WFAN. It's like, geez, I'm really not doing my job <laughs> if I'm sitting right here and it's going on right there. <laughs> right? Yeah. I think Peanut's doing bigger things than whatever this defensive coordinator is up to. Yeah, probably. I think, uh, yeah. It did, it did say he works on, like, the big national cases. Anyway, not to get – it's fascinating. Is that a movie or is that a movie? Oh, my gosh. Well, especially if you bust the bad guys. I'm thinking Peanut Tillman undercover goes in, bust the bad guys, and then, like, takes off the disguise. Like, yeah. yeah, but my head Peanut goes to uh, – is, like, Brian Urlacher and Mike Singletary behind him? Like, it's just <laughs> – it's messing me up. <laughs> it's like, here's my wingman, Brian Urlacher. <laughs> You are aware that the actual job of working for the FBI is not like Mission Impossible. You know that, right? Like, they don't do the fake mask oh, and they, they don't fly out of planes. Let me dream. <laughs> there probably is about 50,000 desk jobs in that. Oh, it? I'm sure. But there's not one person in the FBI that's got a fake beard and mustache. Come no, on. no, but do they do the f- entire fake face thing oh, like, like a, Mission Impossible? Like Scooby Doo? Um, Wait, you. You know Mission Impossible, well, yeah, right? Yeah, I do. Yeah, yeah, like, right, right. I don't think that exists. Yeah, but I don't think Mission Impossible, that's not FBI, is it? That's like no. some secret organization within a secret organization. Yeah, that's CIA, right? Well, yeah, I, I, I don't know what they are. Actually, that's a great question. We should know this. But FBI is domestic and CIA is around the world. Right. I know that's the difference. Um, right. I guarantee there's a fake beard and mustache department at the FBI. Guys, my mustache is actually fake. I'm, <laughs> Man, I'm actually undercover, undercover right now. Right now. <laughs> we knew it all the time, you narc. John Smith sitting right here. <laughs> Peanut Tillman. What's up, Peanut? Would you rather, if you had a choice, be in the FBI, like you were a secret yeah. agent, would you rather be FBI or CIA? FBI. Oh, CIA, all day. Really? Oh my, like international espionage? Yeah. I don't, I, I, I'd last five seconds. I'd get, they'd poison my tea in, in 20 seconds and I'd take a big old sip. Yeah, I want to be in like Prague on an opera house roof running from bad guys. FBI, FBI has to do the dirty work. That's okay, not as fun. But do you, are you good at languages? Do you pick up on them well? Like, no, am use, I? Yeah. No, I'm terrible. Right, so you, you'd be a sitting duck. Well, I'd be better now with Google Translate. <laughs> You're sitting I mean, down with face-to-face with Putin? No, I'd be mean, with Google a Russian Translate. arms dealer. I'd be like, excuse me for a second. I'd put it on my phone. <laughs> you want a what? <laughs> <laughs> no deal. Hello, Maggie. <laughs> oh, yeah, thank you. I am, that a, was I am the king accent. of accents. So. <laughs> that was your Cam Smith. Yes, I, I think I could be a good undercover agent. I'm totally, I can blend into any oh, crowd. Yeah. You, <laughs> you at a Middle Eastern about? bazaar? Uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm sure you'd blend right in. Yeah. Yeah, the streets of Marrakesh. You just like, just totally blend right into the scenery. Yeah. I would be the palest person in Marrakesh. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm all, sounds nice. I'm a little too tall. Like, oh, wait, what's that 6'4 guy doing here? <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't think you'd be fooling anybody. No, 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 I could not be. Carlos walks in, he's like, anyone want to talk? Uh, anyone go birds anyone no, no, no. <laughs> little eagles talk i don't think you'd be a great undercover agent either. i know i wouldn't you, you're a little you're a little too emotional to be like a <laughs> dark like yeah if anybody like started up randomly started up a buffalo bills conversation you'd be I'd, out I'd in two off seconds the wig <laughs> be like it was the coach's fault don't blame josh allen and get a blow dart in the neck you're like ah i love your game question. over you go are you good with languages <laughs> You know I'm not good with language. <laughs> I mean, English might be a struggle for you, and I. Yeah, days. yeah. No, I'm. I'm not. I do not know five different languages. I have high school Spanish, and that's about it. <laughs> Perloff's like, drop him in the middle of Spain. He's like, uh, ¿Dónde está la biblioteca? <laughs> like, I think that guy's an agent. 
855-212-4CBS, 855-212-4227. Okay, coming up, we do get back to college. Major question going on. Uh, Perloff and I are going to get to the bottom of it. We do that after this CBS Sports update. Here's the latest with all going on in Chicago. Here's Marco Belletti. Welcome back to Maggie and Perloff. Maggie, I got Bears news. Oh, really? More Bears news? Bears quarterback news. Oh, what do you got? This is not good. The Bears have released Nathan Peterman. What the heck? Are they trying to change the narrative from everything going on <laughs> yeah. by releasing my guy, Nate Peterman? Yeah, nobody look at what Justin Fields said today or the fact that the defensive coordinator yeah. just resigned, maybe in scandal. We're not really sure, but let's let's head fake everybody with a Nathan Peterman yeah, yeah. Is that gonna, nugget. Yeah, I could see the Brilliant PR, PR people. So the backup now, of course, is Tyler Badgett, who is the undrafted rookie out of Shepherd University. Yeah. I, I don't know what's going on there. I'm rooting against the Bears actively right now because I love Peterman. You know, I can't quit Nate Peterman. I, I, this love affair you have with Nate Peterman. He is the nicest guy. Like, I've met him in multiple. It feels like a personal attack on me. I, well, honestly. As, a, as him being a former Bills backup who, who threw, threw five, five interceptions in one half when the Bills were trying to break a 17-year playoff drought. Half of them were tip passes. Anyway, I'm not going to defend. <laughs> yeah. But... It is so funny that they released this at 4.49 Eastern in the middle of this crazy news. And they're like, all right, we're going to cut Nathan Peterman. Yeah. It's like, oh, come on, Bears. They feel like they are really spinning out of control. Uh, well, obviously, not because the Peterman thing. No, no, no. With the Everything else. Fields and the defense coordinator. And there's a lot of rumors flying around. And he's, he's left. It just feels like they could be a really bad team this year. I don't know. It could be bad slash train wreck. Like, the thing is with the Arizona Cardinals right now, like, Arizona has had their train wreckness, you know, with the GM, Mm -hmm. with, actually, you know what, I think there is a lawsuit going on right now against the owner by a a wrongful termination or something, right? That's an arbitration. Uh, So I take that back. Cardinals are a bit of a mess, too. Well, I I don't even think the GM thing... Who cares about that? The fact that they the have not Murray. been good and for, forever. And the Kyler Murray homework clause and paying him, yeah. and now he's hurt, and what are you going to do? Uh, so you that, can be bad, but, but bad and train wreck is like you can't just be bad in anonymity. You know, like you, you're you bad and it's headlines bad. Ask any Cleveland Browns fan. They know what this is like. Ask a Jets fan. Like you're not just bad and you just suck and you can kind of go about yeah. your business losing games. Like, you're also a story. Right. Like, the Cleveland Browns famously had the hard knocks where Todd Haley and Hugh Jackson were fighting at the table. Why they let that out, I have no idea. But and you're right. they go 1-15 in 15 that year, right? Was that the 1-15 in 15 year? It wasn't well, the 0-16 year, was it? It was one of the two. Yeah. yeah it, was, it was bad. And then the running back coach, what's that guy's name? Uh, Freddie, Freddie, Freddie Kitchens. Kitchens came in and got the job. That was all bizarre. But I do think the Bears, you're right, is headed towards a train wreck. But... I, don't, I mean, it's not like anyone picked them to win the division. <laughs> no, <laughs> Thank you. I couldn't help that. It was my bad. I Listen, raised my hand. I got that loud wrong. Hey, you got the Cowboys going to the Super Bowl. You are good. You're fine in this. <laughs> yeah. I would not worry about that. Honestly, who knows who's winning this NFC North? You got to think the Lions at this point, who you also had in the playoffs, to be fair. That is true. Uh, yeah, I, unless Green Bay somehow turns things around. But Well, why not Minnesota? Well, if they go, if they start the season 0 3, it might be hard to rebound. However, they have not played a divisional game yet. Yeah. Is it going to be that hard to rebound? That's Maybe a good not. Question. Maybe not. Um, let's hear from Justin Fields, Manny, from earlier today. His approach for week three, how it's going to be different. My goal this week is just to say effort and just go out there and play football how I know how to play football. That includes uh, thinking less and just going out there and, you know, playing off of instincts rather than just, you know, so much, so to say, info in my head, data in my head, and literally just going out there playing football. Yeah, I mean, listen, uh, maybe it'll work for him. 
and maybe there's just been way too much info that they're trying to download for him and he's got to just simplify things. There's nothing wrong with simple. I know this is a complex position to play and reading defenses can be tough. Teams are trying to disguise what they're doing and trying to fool you. However, simplifying it in your mind is definitely the way to go. Or yeah. To. Uh, honestly, I expect him to drop back and take off every time. He's going to go for 150 yards. Hey, the Bears covered against my Eagles last year. That was a game where Jalen Hurts got hurt. They can be a competitive team. I think this game is going to be weirdly close. I feel like Kansas City hasn't really gotten the engine going yet. Well, I mean, there is like a galvanizing. There can be a galvanizing yeah. effect to when a team hits some adversity. And now everyone thinks you're kind of a laughing stock yeah. or very curious or uh, again, I mean, I just called them a train wreck. Like you can use people like me and doubters like me to sort of get some bulletin board material. Yeah. And if you're, Dion the, style. if you're the offensive coordinator, <laughs> if you're the offensive coordinator, Luke Getzey, I'll tell you right now what you have to do throw four blockers at Chris Jones and tell Justin Fields to go the opposite way of wherever Chris Jones is. I don't know. I, I find this, I really am actually interested in watching this game. It's kind of an interesting X's and O's game now, which it never would have been before. No, just really to see how Justin Fields plays. We have more updates for you on this Bears situation. We're going to get them to you uh, at the top of the hour, 855-212-4CBS, 855-212-4227. So we got plenty more coming out of the Bears. We'll get to all of that. We also have an unusual move here by two college coaches. We'll get to that as well. And the bigger question is, do you agree with what they're doing? All that for you and so much more. Don't move. Maggie and Perloff on CBS Sports Radio.